Checking your emails and taking your calls. Ignorant and uninformed. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Ignorant and Uninformed, America's favorite podcast. We're coming to you from beautiful Keystone, Colorado, here in Consensual Studios at 545 Productions. And we are your superlative hosts, Mr. Max Sarakistan Sarak. Making sweet, sweet podcast magic. And, of course, Mr. Benji Sweet-Ass Pickens. Mm -hmm, That's right. That's (laughs) And I I am Ben Hollywood Whitmore. And we're going to talk to you for 30 minutes of uninterrupted podcasting gold magic all up in your face. Where we take your topics and turn them into our show. Where we take your topics and turn it into unsolicited advice. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You didn't ask for this. (laughs) They never do. But Max, tell them, tell them how, tell them, tell them what's up. I will tell you. Do your stuff. What's up? Do your thing. This is our face magic that we make for you guys. Are you on face magic? (laughs) Can I I friend you? Yeah, totally. Uh, No, you guys are nice enough to support our show by giving us the topics that we discuss. And as, uh, in our show of gratitude for you doing that, we give you T-shirts. T-shirts for topics. That's the t-shirts, name t-shirts. of the game. Topic, Questions topics, topics. make the best topics. It's true. You can uh, twank us on the Twitters, at Ig and Un. Say hi to Ben. He mans that feed. You can hit us up on the Facebooks. That's how you can get a hold of me. Send us your topics. And, uh, yeah, they go into the bowl. You can email us, topics at ignorantanduninformed.com. Or uh, visit the website, stream all the episodes, download the episodes, click the topics button, get your topics to us, make the show go round, get your t-shirt. Thanks for playing, y'all. Boom. It's time to reach into the bowl of topicness. You know what that chime means. Mac, Benji's going to draw. Yeah, oh, look at it. Yeah, I, like it. I, don't, I don't ever draw. Benji's going to draw into the topic bowl. See what's oh, up. A lot. A lot right off the top. This is from Uday. Oh, nice. Uday. Uday. Yeah, yeah. Who's Uday? Uday is uh, one of the crew from San Francisco who, like, when I hit up all of my friends when they were all fucked up at High Sierra. All right. I'm looking forward to this. Ah, okay. What is it about music that is uh, synergistic at bringing people together? Okay. Okay. All right. I like that. Synergy. I, I don't know if it's necessarily music, but there's something to be said for, like, everybody there for a common... For a purpose. Reason. Yeah. yeah. Common purpose. Like uh, when you go see a movie at like Red Rocks, it's because all those people love that movie. Uh, uh, the Big Lebowski is a good example. Sure. You know, uh, you know how it is. Like Ben and I have had so many fucking inside jokes over the 12 years we've known each other about Jesus Dumb Christ. and Dumber alone. Has it been that long? Fuck. Yeah. Just Dumb yeah. and Dumber alone. Ben and I can laugh and laugh and laugh. We have had so much fun with just with just that common that common thread. Oh, I've seen it. You know, and uh, so I think music totally is something. Totally redeem yourself. Music is something similar to that. Like you're all there to party. You're all there to have a good time. And even if you're not all there to party, you're all there to watch Willie Nelson, or you're all there to watch. You know, even if it's not a party style concert, you're yeah. still there. Everybody's there to enjoy that. Yeah. Person. People can't just go around doing what they want. All Willie Nelson. Oh, Willie Nelson, that's right. I still use that a lot. I love that. It's hilarious. Dude, what's funny is when you throw that into conversation with somebody that doesn't know the joke. Like, you can't just be throwing that stuff all around all Willie Nelson. And you, you got to, like, throw it in the middle of the conversation and keep going. Like, you right. can't just throw just all that stuff even... on Willie Nelson and, and, and not do anything about it, you know. And then you know like for the next five minutes, that's all they're thinking about. It's like, yeah. Willie Nelson. Like, Willie did Nelson, did he know. mean Willie Nilly? I don't, you know. So he's a, he, did he do that on purpose? <laughs> exactly. Did he do that on hey, Sorry, what did you say? Yeah, no. yeah, no, totally, totally. What, is, what does Willie have to do with that? So, so Max, you've, you've actually studied a lot about, like, I know, I know there for a while you were fascinated with, like, momentum. 
like the okay. momentum of something, you know, okay. um, like like the momentum of a basketball player. Sure. A, a moment, sure, you know, sure. Like you when know. you're in a crowd and you can feel yeah. like the energy change the energy, and get yeah. behind And you a, can. A you team. can feel it. It's something that's like sure. it's it's definitely real. Like you can feel it. It's, it's palpable there. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go so, on. So what is it about? What is it about? <laughs> Go on. I'm listening. I, I mean, what do you think about – like what is it about music that seems to – well, do that more so than other stuff. I think it's I don't know. So I think part of what you said, Benji, is the like the common cause, like getting a bunch of a crowd of people together to do to unite in a single purpose, whether that's to enjoy music or cheer on a team or watch a game or you know whatever you're doing. I think that that amplifies. You know, it's like an ex- exponential uh, amount of that energy. Okay. As for music, I think it's because it's so primal. You know, like yeah, it I agree defies. With that. You know, it it hits us in a place that is deeper than language which is you know you don't always share the same language with somebody but right. like music is that universal language well and the interesting thing about music too is it's something that say you're going to dance to by yourself you're at home all alone you're going to dance to that jam like you're going to move your arms you know yeah maybe not like full-on dance like we're talking about in the movies but you know it's not like a step up to the revolution or nothing like it's just you know like you're going to move you're going to enjoy it you're going nice to get pull. in that flow <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just a plug for my my homies um that are in the movie. In a town where dancing was outlawed. <laughs> Flash dance, but yeah. everyone's a, everyone's a metal worker. I'm doing Footloose. I don't know. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. I like how you guys did Footloose. Been working so hard. I'm punching my car. But there's something about like. Eight out. You know, they, and then you can actually play that same song when you're with, with a lady. And sure. now you're both moving. Sure. You know, and and it is it, it is absolutely exponential, man. And then as you get into a, then you throw a crowd of twenty thousand people on top of that motherfucker, dude. Everybody's dancing. You know, it's, sure. it's just a good time, man. It's it's hard to not have a good time unless you take yeah. the wrong, unless you get in the wrong headspace due to some choices which yeah. I've done. Or you know. if you're just closed down and not feeling it for whatever reason, you know, it mm-hmm. happens. I'm curious, Ben, because it's harsh in your vibe. You of the three of us certainly spend the most time. Yeah, we're more spectators, and in, you're more of a well, just uh, in performance performer. Yeah, I mean, because like saying, yeah. at the theater, um, I mean, what do you what are your thoughts on energy and crowds? I mean, like you you watch shows all the damn time. So in theater, yeah, how do you? I mean, like, do you feel like a synergistic bringing together, or can you tell like the energy in the room? How much does that affect the performance on stage? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it, it it's interesting. It it does certainly it's palpable. Like you can, just like you guys as part of a crowd. Like when I'm, when, you know, back when I performed a little bit more often. Like I, you know, you 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 walk out on stage and you can feel it. Sure. Like you're you're a part of it. It's this, uh, like it's this feedback loop. You know, of the energy you put out there is absorbed and and changed and directed back at you. Like even not even saying anything or singing or doing whatever, but it's just the the energy that you. So I've always been a big believer in in you know the just kind of the the transitive properties of energy and 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 just like not not auras essentially, but like that je ne sais quoi that you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that that uncalculate that. What is the word? I don't know what the fuck. It's, a, it's, it's all right. It's hard to talk about. Unquantifiable, yeah. Unquantifiable, unquantifiable yeah. yeah. It's like it's just this this other sense that you, that, that well, clicks in, you know? Let me ask you this. Being that you've performed like with a bunch of people uh, doing a show, how much can 
like one person's bad day that's actually in the show mask the energy of, you know, like she comes in from performing, you know, she's in the first scene or whatever. And she mm -hmm. comes in and she's like, oh, it's dead out there, but it's not really dead. Maybe it's just dead because she's having a shitty day. How much can that one statement mask the the crowd's energy? It can it can definitely throw off. It can definitely like throw off what you're feeling. You know, like maybe you might be a little. Maybe you would be a little more open. You yeah, know, to it's like, kind of like that bad apple kind of. There's oh, definitely scenario. there's definitely you know it, it depends. Well. Yeah, and a lot of times it depends on what exactly you're doing in the show, but like and and the nature of of a show or a musical or whatever, but. Sometimes you can turn it around pretty quick, and I, I've been lucky enough to find myself in those in those roles that can kind of ingratiate themselves to the audience a little bit better. Like, and and that, so I find I feel like that you know I've had an opportunity to take an audience that maybe wasn't digging it, and 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 and, and maybe turn it, it around. Level. You know what I will say is like as running a theater, like. A lot – what I've noticed is a lot of how I prep the audience, like just even in the curtain speech, like turn off your cell phones and this is what's going on at the theater, blah, blah, blah. Like how I do that can directly affect – First impressions. Can directly affect. You're yeah. setting the tone oh. for the whole evening. I mean even though it's not the first scene in the show, the guy who does come out there and talk to the people, um, you guys had that, that one girl there. Uh, she was a bigger gal. And Mari. Yeah, maybe that was it. But she uh, came out and had a very terrible stage presence, I felt. Yep. And uh, I, I've definitely seen – like I felt like that. You kind of <clears throat> – I don't know. That that show right there had more of a community theater feel. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember what show it was. But that yeah, show man. had more of a community theater feel than a than an actual productive – you know, like produced, yeah. pro, you know, professionally produced feel of, a, of an yeah. actual it need, play. It needs to be, you know, one thing I've learned about any any kind of performance, be it music or whatever, like it has to be polished from top to bottom. And, and even if it's not like in actuality, it needs to come off that way to the audience sure, to, exactly. to make them to, to feel like they're in the right headspace, you well, know, to like exactly. respect it's, and admire what you're doing and, and be part of absolutely. it. Absolutely. To like set absolutely. that, set that yeah. tone, you know, headspace. set that mood. Uh, what you said, so we were talking about like the pre-show speech yeah. really reminds me of, I've always thought, you know, from years of working in restaurants, mm -hmm. that the most underrated position in any restaurant is yeah. the host or hostess. I agree with that 100%. Because not only do they control the flow of what happens at the, in the entire evening, but they also set that tone. Yeah, and so I mean, like, because that is like your first point of contact, yeah, absolutely, with those it's, new and, and in the it's places vital. that are it's super important. trendy that are hard to get into in New York and stuff like that, man. Like that's their 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 job is to almost make you feel like, hey, you're lucky you're even getting to eat in this restaurant, yeah. so be thankful. Does that you know? Do you think that that is kind of like an opener in? For a music show? Ooh. Um, how do, what does that play into, like, the energy of, or setting the tone for the main event? You know, like, how does that, how does that play that's, into it? That's an interesting question. I feel like that's tricky because I, I would say it's not necessarily like the opener because I've seen enough music where nobody in the crowd – was feeling the opener like everyone was kind of like whether they you're were just waiting saving for the thing you bought themselves the for, right? yeah exactly like whether they were saving themselves to like really you know give it their all for the main performance okay or if uh you know it's also tricky too because you 
concerts don't like there's the trickle in effect at concerts, right? Not everyone gets there at the same time. Right. And you're not gonna... in the same spot in the same headspace at the same time either. And it seems like everybody coalesces to that to that point with the main act. Well I think that really But I've definitely yeah. been to Red Rocks where I've seen a show transformed from during an opening act with nobody listening to the opener. And then by the third, fourth song, every, a lot more people are turning their heads. Then by the end of this guy's set, everybody's cheering for this guy like he was the fucking reason they came sure. to see the show. That nice. was Brett Denon, and he was fucking awesome. That's the first time I'd ever seen him or heard of him. Opening for Michael Franti, dude, and nobody was listening. Nobody was listening. And then, boom, all of a sudden, like third or fourth song, you played a couple of jams, and it's like it even caught my ear. It's yeah. like, you know, you're talking, talking, and you're like, wait a minute. This song's actually fucking good. What, what's going on? And then everybody yeah. started paying attention. By the end of his set, dude, everybody's standing up, having a good time, just like he was the opener. By the time Michael Franti came on, everybody was so fucking hyped because of this guy. The energy of the show was fucking incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And I feel like it was all due to this guy bringing everybody out of their shell almost. Crazy. Like, surprising everybody. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit, I didn't even come to see this guy. You know, I, I didn't even come here for the, for the uh, you know, cheese rolls at Red Lobster. I came here for the all-you-can-eat crab but legs. These but these cheese biscuits are delicious. these cheese biscuits are delicious. <laughs> Keep you know? coming. You know, uh, it's yeah. kind of like that. I need another basket of cheese No, biscuits. I think it's true. And I think that's – I mean, I think you're definitely right. When you, And that's the mark of a good opener. Right. They can actually like – That's actually their job. Yeah, like sense you know? what the, the energy of the crowd and right. sort of start like manipulating. Mm-hmm. But if you're the main event, like you probably want that. Like you want the audience to be primed Absolutely. for insertion. So let me ask you this, man. Um, you performed a so lot. That's why I feel like Lube it's important in my job as running a theater, like to prep the audience for what they're about to see. So like set the tone. Totally. And well. and you know, like if it's a comedy, like and you come out there and you're just like, uh, hi, um, everyone, turn off your phones. Uh, we have a couple events. Oh, you got to the give theater. them a couple of laughs, a couple of anecdotes. Yeah, like that's little... what I try to do. I try to be entertaining, like because you know you want them to like kind of loosen up a little bit, chuckle, and sure. feel well, like, hey, we're all in this together. We're all about to see the show. Then it's going to be great. And... Well, you're also a charismatic son of a bitch. Well, so. right, but still, sometimes that doesn't translate. Sometimes it doesn't matter. I'm guessing, right? Sometimes, sometimes everybody can't can win put over out a crowd, their all. No. Yeah. So, what is the worst crowd experience you've ever had? Oh, in all oof. your years of acting, man, like what is your absolute like, yeah. oh, my fucking God, do I even want to act anymore? Either – so I'd be curious about both like from your view in the booth, which sort of sets you uh, you know, out yeah, of the situation yeah. and mm-hmm. also on stage. Yeah, exactly. That's – yeah, I want to know the, both those two. Like, what's your do – you, do you, is there a certain show where you go back to like, oh, my God, if that never happens again, I'll be fucking okay? Well, it's a little Stockholm syndrome like – like you, you kind of block out those moments. Like, okay. there's a few that I can kind of recall. Like, I mean, I have a lot of memories of just like audiences. It's like we're doing a comedy, and just apparently dead. they showed up to see Shakespeare because they're like just no laughs, like no. And God, sometimes that, it's that's like what's terrible. That's what one reason I never ever became a comedian. I wanted to be a comedian my entire life. It's that fucking thing right there. When that no fear laughing. of rejection, as far as that, that. Has, that's actually been the thing yeah. that's actually kept. I've been told my whole life I should be a comedian. Well, they know. do. They do open mics at the dam. Oh, no, Gosh. that's all right. <laughs> I'd go cheer for you. I would. I would laugh uh, like crazy. I would laugh crazy hard at you. <laughs> with you, so with hard. you, with you. I'd laugh so hard at you. I'd be so hard. Um, but that's seriously, yeah. man. Like you know, and I can write jokes. I could. I could fucking. I can deliver jokes well if I actually you know wanted to. But you know, like we've talked about, it's like being on when I don't feel it. 
and that that you could be part of a comedy writing team. You could write jokes, and I could I could tell them. We that do that, that I would that be a lot be. happier with because then I could sit back there all – You could judge me. All like, you introverted. didn't say it right. <laughs> yeah. All introverted and be like, oh, they don't like that joke. But that's OK because it's probably the way business That's good. Is. That's a lot of good writing teams have started that way to be quite yeah. honest. Like yeah. I've heard about that. Like Seth Rogen doesn't write his shit but you – know. I mean I'm sure he writes some of it. But he yeah, it's, some. it's all collaration. Yeah. yeah. No. Because that's where I'm better. It's funnier. You I can feel. find the funny – Absolutely. With other people's viewpoints. Because I'm so sensitive to other people's – I'm so sensitive to other people's moods and feelings and I notice every little face tick and all this stuff. And even when I'm talking to people, I can look out and I can see what seems to be like 15 reactions at the same time all the time. Sure. It's almost like – You could be a performer. That's something that like performers clue into. Like actors. Like when I'm performing, I I feel it. Like you can – you can just – it's 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 this high, man. It's it's like really. Let me audition for a show one time, man. I'll, you I'll audition for a show. I'll, I will offer you. You just find you just wait till you get the the right part. There's going to be a part one day where you're going to be like, dude, Benji. Benji should do this. Benji should do this part, and I will come and do it. Well, see, here's the here's my only caveat. Knowing you well, see the difference between like improv and acting is that like actors need to hit that mark. Every single time, like identical. No, like I know. It's kind of repetitive. Consistent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm not that. Right. So that might be a challenge, but that doesn't yeah. mean you can't but the, do but it. But that's why I want to do it. Absolutely. I, I would, like, I, would, I wouldn't be like, hey, you know, fucking like, let me have them, you know, like, give me a couple little lines, you know. And, uh, and walk I, around, I feel like laugh, I could, walk off. Yeah, I, exactly. I could kind of do something like that, you yeah. know. Funny. As long yeah. as I don't have to take off my shirt. That's it, man. That's my only two rules. <laughs> no nudity. Small lines and I don't have to take off my shirt and right. show how, everybody how chubby I am because then I'd be a really uncomfortable. And no animals. And I don't no work animals. with animals, children. I don't get naked. <laughs> I don't right. say lies. So I don't do nude scenes. So many writers in these contracts. Good Green God. M&Ms on my dressing table every day. So I've actually been sitting here thinking about energy on stage and I feel like that's where a lot of stage fright comes from is that it's sort of uncomfortable for a lot of people who aren't used to it. It's overwhelming. To be on that receiving yeah. end. Exactly. So like there's almost an anxiety well, it's, that I is mean, having too much energy. as well. Yeah. I mean everybody out there is focused on you. How often does that happen to people? Right. Like how often does that happen in your daily life? When you go to the grocery store, everybody's not like, whoa, hey, everybody, Max Serac just entered the store. You never. Know, and, yeah, but exactly. That's never happened. How often do you feel like everyone is paying attention to you? Oh, a lot. Right? More so when I'm high. Sure. You know. Everyone knows. Oh, my God. They all know. That's, you you that's feel like they do, but high. you don't. I'm like, oh, my God. But they knows. don't. No, nobody no, cares. No, nobody knows you're nobody fucking high. Nobody cares. Us. Yeah. More importantly, nobody cares. Yeah. I got really high when I was living – this is back when I was living in New York and, and it was like the first time I got really high in New York. And, and so we – of course, we started walking around on the streets. Sure. I was like – we ran into a kid who I went to college with who lived in that same neighborhood, which really wasn't that odd. But it was – to me, it was like, oh my god, this is so fucked up. How are we seeing Ricky? And And, and, and I was just like – I was trying to maintain because we were going to Dunkin' Donuts or something because we were high. And and, and – uh, and I was just like, I was like, he knows, he knows, and like he was probably stoned off his ass too, and it was just, it was just really funny. Oh yeah, I mean, I can remember being, and in... I kept thinking I left the oven on because it was gas, <laughs> it was a gas stove, Dude. and it was, I was like, did I leave the oven on? Dude, I no, was frying throat. my nuts off, man. I was fucking eating. I had a whole bunch of fucking orange sunshine. This is down in uh, Austin, Boosh. Texas, and I went back uh, to my place in Georgetown. And we were in the swimming pool. It was real early in the morning. You know how you, like you're coming, to, you know it's. The, the the peak of your trip has already happened, and we are moving yeah, around down. through jelly water. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and there was some 
incidences. I'm not going to get into all of it. But yeah. anyway, the the cops end up being there because I'm not allowed to actually be in this apartment complex anymore. I was asked to leave by several policemen, um, but I went back to go swimming. So, and again, I'm fucking frying nuts while my cousin's too fucked up and the chick that I was with was, she she wasn't part of it, so she had no business talking to him. So, and I was doing fine. I was talking to, there was like 10 cops just fucking staring at me and I was doing fine until I noticed that every one of them was looking at me. Then it's like, oh fuck, they all know how fucked up I am. And that's when I started slurring my words. But up until that point, up until it registered, their yeah. reactions, I was fine. Well, it's that, that moment of self-consciousness. Like, That's exactly what it was. doesn't actually help. And I'm sure it's like a stage, moment of clarity, like, oh, my God. Like, it doesn't help either when you have those thoughts that are like... You have to have that, like, personality... But that's part of being trained actor, right? You Yeah, you, you kind of learn to, to deal with it. it, you know? You know what's funny is, like, opening night, because we, we had just... Man, it was just this just happened, like, when we opened this most recent show. And I'm, I'm running the soundboard, which is not difficult, but it... We're, we have this. We have new equipment, and so it's like I'm still kind of learning it. Yeah, and we kind of, you know, a little uncomfortable. We had very little time to like turn the show over from the last one, and so I was just man, and I I, had, I hadn't slept in like three days, so, and I just got this like, and normally adrenaline like I, I thrive on it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why we do what we do as performers. Like you get that like high and adrenaline rush when you're performing for people and. You know, but it was man. I just I I looked around and I was like, the show is about to start, and I was like, fuck. I hope I don't fuck this up. And I got this adrenaline rush, and it was the first time that it had ever made me like ill. Like I like felt queasy. Sick. And yeah. See, I that's... was like, fuck. But I think it was mostly because I just hadn't slept, and my body was like, and I I just got that last like giant burst of adrenaline. Like, holy fuck, we're about to do this, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. And it just it was just too much. And I was like, because I hadn't slept, I hadn't eaten. Like, I was just like, Ugh. my body just rejected it. It was like, nope, we cannot do this at this level anymore. Yeah. And I got sick. I was like, uh, uh, did I you to like puke? throw up or did I you? I almost did. Yeah. I had to keep, I had to like swallow really hard. But you get that like acrid sort of like sour taste. Yeah. And it like, was like, it was yeah. on the way, man. I, I can still remember it. And that's going to, I think that's going to leave like a lasting impression because I've never really had that reaction huh. to like having to be there and perform like sure i'm not performing on stage but it was actually a little asian got, girl, i have to operate things a correctly. asian girl on this show that uh where i was like i could do some acting maybe <laughs> <laughs> does she want to record podcasts See if we can't get her in the series maya comes in is she cool i don't know if not she, i don't want she's her kind here. of a no fucker no, she i don't care how i don't care how good she likes yeah i'll, um, I'll but, tell you but later. but that's she doesn't seem like someone who would be into coming on doing a free podcast sweet she she seemed to me like kind of a, a headstrong kind of woman, which you know she's tiny, Asian, mouthy, headstrong. I was like, so tiny and brunette. Yeah, dude. I mean, I love my dog because he's feisty and smart. You know, because okay. my, my I love stubborn. That that's racist to assume she's smart because she's Asian. No, she I no. She's good at math. We all know that. I didn't say oh, she was sorry. smart. I'm sorry. Bad at driving. Yeah, yeah a stereotype. She's bad at driving. Right. Stereotype. But you don't know that. I think she's smart because I thought she was hot, and if she's stupid, then that's going to fucking make me less attracted to her. So in my mind, she's very intelligent. Sure. And feisty. Sure. Excellent. Well, something, Ben, what you were talking about with like that that adverse reaction to adrenaline, mm. um, you know, physiologically speaking. Being excited and being nervous are really the same thing. It's all about the story that you Very tell similar. yourself, like elevated heart rate, 
Uh, yeah. You know, like the those feelings of butterflies in the Increased stomach. Increased blood flow. Sure. Yes. Like yeah. all of those things are are the same physiological response. And, yeah. then, and that's true of a lot of emotions, man. You have a lot of emotions that actually trigger the same physiological response. It's just the way your brain sure. translates. So I read this responses. interesting article about like kind of like like sociological sociology piece and anthropology. Anyway, it was talking about like you know where we get em- why we get embarrassed and why people get what what is that? And it's like this interesting. this like fear of of being singled out. And ostracized from a group. Okay. And because that that's like a – Like our like old social primate days base, being like, yeah, like exiled and, from the tribe. And that that's where we get things like like shame and you know those those kinds of emotions, like that those sec- higher tier emotions. Well, see, and that's what is always amazing developed. about actors is because they're – Wait, let that they're, finish. Sorry. They're, oh, they're doing that yeah. on purpose. Well, I was just going to say like – and that those those higher tier emotions come from sociological implications and, and fear of ostracization? Ostracization? Uh, being ostracized from uh, the, from a, a social group, so and like and that that's why that's where fear of public speaking comes from. You're afraid you're going to say something out of line, and you'll be ostracized for it. You'll be singled out, uh, and so that's why a lot of people fear attention because it, it's in it's it's ingrained in a social in social animals like people to want to be accepted and be be part of the group rather than shunned and okay. singled out. And also, Which is basically what like everyone's staring at you or laughing or fearing that they're going to laugh at you or something. Well, it almost goes back to to what Benji was saying about yeah. why he's never pursued comedy is that there's like an expected return mm-hmm. of of reaction from the audience. And if you don't right. get that, like because you say something you that you shouldn't have on the stage or you tell a joke that isn't funny, like I think that's difficult reconciling those expectations. Yeah. And when you're like hung out to dry. Yeah. Well, well it's, yeah. it's also hard to be yourself too, like to put that much of yourself in. And I'm sure it goes for music and like everything, you know, like the, you're putting a lot of yourself out there to communicate to a large group of people. So there's a lot of risk it's very from, vulnerable. on a personal level. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's probably where a lot of people get that fear from. Some people thrive on it. Well, I was going to say, there's people that, you know, want to stand out. Like they feel like they want to stand out. They want that attention there. There, you know, but that that that's that's what's weird about like actors to me, man, is that like like you said, like as, as social beings, like that's one of the things you don't want, and that's exactly what actors do is they go and put themselves in front of everybody. Now they may be in a crew of actors, but when they're standing in front of an audience in your own head, you're standing in front of an audience. It's not like me and my team are standing in front of an audience. You you still have to look at it from that that you know sure. subjective standpoint. You well, know. go into the get down. Right when like homie gets his poem his poem chose but yeah. like won't stand up in front of won't the class to read it because yeah. of the same thing like doesn't want to stand up doesn't want to be ostracized or like singled out and then the teacher talks about how even, even though leaders got to stand up and lead it's probably in a positive light everybody may like it but you're still singled out sure you know and singling out in any way shape or form positive or negative some people don't like I'm not the kind of guy who likes to win awards either. You know, I don't like to be like, hey, everybody, I did it. And I'm up on stage getting awards, you know, because when I was a kid, I used to get awards. You know, I won a spelling bee. That was really hard for me to do was to actually go up and, you know, participate in a spelling bee man in front of a whole audience spelling. Yeah. Um, that was really odd for me. Even though I won, I still didn't like it, if yeah. that makes sense. I wasn't like, yeah, I won and I'm up here and everybody's clapping for me. That was very, very embarrassing for me. Extremely embarrassing for me. Yeah. Even though I won. 
Crazy. You know, it definitely wasn't like a proud moment for me. It was definitely like a really more anxiety. I can't believe they're dragging me up on stage and he's got to look thing. at me. Like, and... man, can't you just tell everybody I won and I can go on about my fucking business, man? And actually, ever since then, I've never right. wanted to be on stage since then. Well, point. I was just about to ask. I wonder, like, how, how much of, like, a critical moment in your... I think it was. Your, like, persona. Because, uh, like, the podcast I can do because I'm in here with you three. Right. You and know, you don't no see audience. anybody else. Yeah. There's what if no there audience. was an audience? I've thought about that because we've actually talked about doing live shows before. I've thought about that so many times. I'm a panel at Comic-Con. Hall H. I don't know how well I'd do with that. That's actually why I wanted to talk to Ben. Like if there was a small part in your play, I would actually be interested in doing that because this is something that I need – Good job. I need to fix on my – I need to fix. Look at you leaning into your fear. It's something that I want to change. Yeah. You just punch that shit right in the face. That's kind of what I want to do, yeah. (laughs) Nice. I like it. So how does it? So you know, you've got this 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 energy, and and music certainly brings it out. And and because it, I think you're right, Max. It's because it is so primal. Like, because you know what's interesting about music is I was reading. God, I read too many weird articles, but there was this about how music um, is is all about uh, left and right brain. It stimulates both sides of your brain. Oh, okay. That it because it it stimulates the right side of your brain with pattern recognition. And an expected return of, of – and like so when you – Sure. The same thing with the, poetry. Yeah, and, when you hear the chorus and like, there's like know, a novelty. Yeah, and, and when you when you know that the – you figure out the rhyme scheme and the pattern recognition and you know that the next set, next word is going to rhyme with word and it's bird. And you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Like there's, there's like a little hit of endorphins that your brain gets when yeah. you're right, when you know what's coming. And, or like when it – like, hey, that rhymed. That's cool. So, and then there's that. But there's also the left side of your brain with the mag- with the mathematical nature of of music in in me- time and measure and 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 beats and rhythm and rhythm. Well, and yeah. it's, it's interesting too that it so transcends that culture. Of... You know, it's not like a certain culture brought in art. Yeah. Every culture, every single culture that's ever been around has had some form of music or art or wordplay or something in their culture. You know, that's very – and, and not necessarily because it's got crossed or one dude with a pin traveled the whole fucking world and fucking showed everybody this shit. Like it's just – it's inherent in, in you know, human nature yeah. to want that. So that's interesting that you say yeah. that because that is kind of true. Oh, you know, it's interesting. So I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll wrap up with this story because we're almost out of time. But uh, music is like the universal language and and talking about like energy and, and you don't even have to – so I was – we were in – um we were down in uh, on the 16th Street Mall in Denver, and you know how they have those pianos and shit out on the yeah. on the streets and stuff. Um, so one of my we were, we were there with a group of actors, and it was actually uh, Chris Flowers, who's currently is this guy a friend of mine. Uh, but this was years ago, and we were out there one night with a group of actors, and this dude starts he you know he goes up to the piano and starts playing, and some other guy walks up to him and start you know grabs the low end of the piano and they started playing a duet, and just they were just strangers. playing. Yeah, just straight. Never, never met each other. And then, uh, and then, so they, you know, they play, they jam for a little bit, they five, ten minutes. It was like really cool. It was like, you know, they were just kind of playing this little jazzy tune and making this shit up. 
And then uh, at the end, he turns to him and he goes, oh, man, that was, that was fucking awesome. That was great. The guy didn't speak English. Like, Yeah, exactly. Didn't, not a That's word. Exactly not a what word I'm talking of about. I was going to tell a story, but too. loved music and wanted to jam, play some jazz improv yeah. with this dude. And, and I was like, exactly. we, we would like, love to hear your story. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Do you have a better story? We can go over, No, 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 no. No, no. All right. All right. Let's stop here. All right. Well, hey, thanks for downloading and listening to Ignorant Uninformed, America's favorite podcast. We've been your hosts, Mr. Max Sarakistan Sarak. Yes, sir. Benji Pickens, stop mm-hmm. touching the God fucking microphone. I was, I was trying to see if I could read it through the. <laughs> stop. Through the You're rubbing the microphone. I'm Ben Sorry, Hollywood Whitmore. Realize it was that close. <laughs> Make sure. <laughs> Make sure you send us your topics at topics at ignorantuninformed.com. Download all the podcasts at ignorantuninformed.com. You can also subscribe on whatever iTunes, whatever tunes you're listening to us on. Maybe it's the iTunes. I'm not sure. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash ignorantuninformed. Twank us on the Twitter, at ig and un. We're going to be back next week with a brand new epidose of hot-ass freshness all up in your grill. Peace off.